Muslims claim that they honor Jesus just as Christians do, and that this is one of the most important things that the two religions have in common. But is that true? Stay tuned for an interview with an expert on the subject. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest in the studio with us today, one who has been with us a couple of times before. His name is James Walker, and he is head of a great ministry called Watchman Fellowship located in Arlington, Texas. The ministry is an independent Christian research and apologetics ministry that focuses on Christian cults, non-Christian religious movements, the occult, and the New Age movement. James is a fourth-generation Mormon with over 25 years of ministry experience in the field of Christian evangelism, apologetics, interfaith evangelism, and discernment. Welcome to Christ in Prophecy, James. We're Thanks glad so to have you with Thanks so much, David. You ought to say former fourth-generation Mormon. <laughs> okay. I want to get that part in <laughs> okay, as well. Got that. <laughs> oh, it's good to have you on, James. So good much. Good to be back with you guys. Well, I was excited to hear that the topic was about Islam because that's a kind of a subject dear to my heart. We get people who write in all the time. Uh, Muslims from other countries and they have questions about Jesus. So much so that I ended up doing a video one hour on the fate of Islam. And so when I heard that you wrote a book, What the Quran Really Teaches About Jesus, I wanted to know, what motivated you to run or write it? Well, I have Muslim friends, first of all, and uh, I know the Quran is an important book. I'm a Christian, so it's totally from a Christian perspective, but I wanted to give Christians some tools and resources to be able to, to have a gospel conversation with Muslims. Islam is growing tremendously in the United States right now. Yes. There's a good chance that your your chiropractor, your doctor, your your uh, your next door neighbor, your classmate is going to be Muslim. Your TSA so, agent. Exactly, TSA agent. <laughs> so what you want to do is be able to, how can you uh, leverage that relationship into having a gospel conversation? Yes. And what I discovered is if you know just a few key passages in the Quran, you can use that to open the door and transition them into looking at what the New Testament says about Jesus. Well, you know, uh, James, uh, you really succeeded. I, I've read this book from beginning to end. In fact, I can prove it because I got markings all Somebody's the Somebody's written all in that book. <laughs> I got all this good stuff underlined, which is almost everything. But it's really an outstanding book. Thank it's you. down to earth. It's easy to understand. It's not in theological language, and I highly, highly recommend it. And one of the things that I really like about it is that it focuses on Jesus and what the Quran says about Him. And, and as I told you earlier, uh, so many churches today are being uh, sucked into uh, a snow job by the, uh, uh, by the Muslims and that they want their imam to come and speak at a Christian church. And he comes and what he does is he immediately starts talking about how we love Jesus, how Jesus is all through the Quran. And by the time he gets through speaking, people I call cultural Christians who are just go to church and don't know anything about the Bible, they're convinced that the Islam is just another form of Christianity. It's not just the Muslim leadership. I mean, we're getting this from some of our top politicians, from the news yeah. media. We're, we're, this whole idea is, and you can understand the confusion. 
Christianity and Islam are both monotheistic religions. Yeah. Both religions believe there's one God. So people make a logical mistake. They worship the same God. Exactly. Yeah, you hear that all but the that's time. that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And so I do talk about, there are some things in, in my book I talk about that the Quran affirms that we can agree with Muslims that Jesus is the, uh, was born of a virgin, that He was prophesied by the other prophets, that He Himself is a prophet of God. And these are things that we would have in common with, with our, our Muslim neighbors. The Quran teaches this. But importantly, there, there are critical differences. Jesus in the Quran did not die on the cross. He never rose from the dead. He's not the Son of God. When you look at these critical issues that are, that are foundational to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not the same Jesus. It's not the same God. It's a different religion. And they get very upset if you start talking about Son of God. Right. It's not just wrong according to Islamic theology. To say Jesus is the Son of God is to equate Him with God, which I get really, that's correct. It is. In Islam, that is that is what they would call shirk. Yes. It mm -hmm. violates a principle uh, of, of oneness, uh, the uh, tawhid they call it. And, and so it's not just wrong in Islam, it is tantamount to the unpardonable sin. Yes. To, uh, the Quran says it this way, uh, Allah neither begets nor is He begotten. God cannot have a son. And, and in a Muslim way of thinking, uh, some Muslims even think that that implies that, that God, by saying Son of God, you're implying that God had a wife or some That's consort right. or something. That's right. yeah. Isn't there in the Satanic verses though that the moon God, Allah, did have a consort and the sun God and begot three goddesses, which they almost killed a guy, right, for even writing about that. Well, it, it, and again, that's something that is, gets in a very, very uh, uh, iffy situation when you even bring that up to a Muslim. But okay. that's exactly right. There's in, in the history of Islam and even in the Quran itself, the history of the Quran, there are issues that, um, that, that uh, would mitigate on that. Okay. In fact, the Quran gets, uh, uh, evidently Muhammad heard a lot of stories and he got the stories all mixed up or, uh, to some degree. For example, uh, the, the mother of Jesus is Miriam, the sister of, of, of Moses. Well, the, the, the Muslims have an apologetic where they try to explain that's not the case. Oh. But it, it's pretty obvious, and I have a, a section in the book that talks about that. Mohammed, um, not only had he not read the New Testament, he was unable to read. He was almost certainly illiterate. And, and the, the Bible, the New Testament had not even been translated into Arabic at this time mm. during the life of Mohammed. So he had no access. But on the caravan routes, he would hear stories uh, from Jews, from Christians, but also some from some heretical sects. And it apparently he mixes the stories up. So in the Quran, you have Miriam, the mother of Jesus, uh, also being um, uh, the sister of Aaron. You know, so you have the, you have the problem of it's obvious mix-up of confusing the two people. Well, uh, if Jesus didn't die on the cross, from the Islamic viewpoint, who did? Well, that's that's an interesting question. That's one of the questions we recommend asking the Muslim. Okay. Uh, the Quran doesn't answer the question. The Quran simply <laughs> says mystery. Uh, they thought they had crucified him, but indeed they crucified him not. That's basically all the Quran says. In the centuries that followed the death of Muhammad, theories came out. Some of them were incorporated into the Hadith. Basically, that it was another person, one of the disciples, who was who was crucified in the place of Jesus. I've heard I them say it, Judas, right? Well, Sometimes? that's one of the theories. Okay. Uh, Simon of Cyrene is another a possible candidate, but the okay. likeness or, uh, of Jesus' face was placed on one of the other disciples. You hear that as well. I call it the stunt double theory. <laughs> so, but the, but the idea is, uh -huh. in turning the substitutionary atonement on its head, you have, in some cases, they would say even Judas Iscariot dying for and on behalf of 
of Jesus. Wow. And so you have the exact opposite of the gospel okay. of Jesus Christ. And then they have uh, some very strange ideas about what's going to happen when Jesus returns because they, they believe He's going to return, right? Yes, uh, they, but, they but, do believe. So the, Jesus will, um, uh, He did not die. So he was just uh, caught up into into paradise, uh, but they believe he one day will. He he will return to earth, and and there's various theories He's about break all the crosses, break all, all the, the crosses, pigs. kill all the pigs, yeah. and the, and there's some variations between Shia and Sunni yeah. on exactly yes. how the eschatology works out, but. But he's yeah, going to marry when he comes back. Uh, he's going to set all things right, and, yeah. and he's going to put Islam in its its place of domination in in the world religions, and all this is part of the end time events. So Muhammad, then the founder of Islam, basically took different stories I heard about Jesus, and then I heard Zoroastrianism, which was a Persian religion, and then whatever he came up and kind of mixed it all in a blender and created Islam. Yeah, you have like. Um, some of the miracles of Jesus are recorded in the Quran, okay. uh, but some of the non-biblical miracles are there as well. Some Especially of which are found. Yes, as, uh, as a inf uh, newborn infant, he's speaking from the from the cradle. Um, he um, healing birds. Uh, yeah, he brings birds to life, and and there's there's all these stories. And some of these you <laughs> find very similar stories being circulated by some of the heretical sects and non-Christian religions mm -hmm. at the time in the sixth and seventh century the time of Muhammad in the, on the Arabian Peninsula. Well, let's go back to a point that you made right at the very beginning that is so important, and that is the fact that uh, Christians often believe that because there is one God and the Muslims believe there is one God, we are worshiping the same God. Do Christians and Muslims worship the same God? I'm convinced absolutely not. In a way, in my book, I, uh, chapter after chapter, I'm giving great questions to ask. Uh, if it's the same God, let me ask you this, uh, my Muslim friend. I, I worship the God who is the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. Is that the same God of Islam? You will not find any Muslim cleric, any imam, any, any, I've never met a Muslim who will answer yes to that. Again, it, to say that in their mind would be almost like the unpardonable sin. Yeah. So those asking the right kinds of questions mm -hmm. uh, really opens the door that there's a huge difference. Now, I will grant you they do respect Jesus and He is mentioned in the Quran. This is a great conversation starter, uh, but well, asking the right questions. He's one of many prophets, and, and, and they, there's they a like passage a in the Quran where it says we make no distinction between any of the prophets. Mm -hmm. But then a great question to ask was: uh, the, in the Quran, you find that Jesus was born of a virgin. In the New Testament, we also find that Jesus was born of a virgin. In the Old Testament, it's prophesied that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. Let me ask you, my friend: what other prophet was born of a virgin? In Islam, no other prophet, not not uh, uh, any, not even Muhammad, was born of a virgin. So, in that way, could I ask you, was was Jesus then unique among all the other prophets? And so again, asking the right questions. And didn't they also believe that Jesus was sinless, whereas Muhammad was sinful? Right, that uh, um, Muhammad uh, had no assurance of his own salvation, oh, no. even. Okay. No. And so, yeah, there, there, are, there are huge differences in that. So, one of the things that I try to do is to try to find a way of transitioning the Muslim into reading the Gospels or reading, reading the Bible. Because they're allowed to, right? Muhammad encouraged it? Well, you find it, it says in the Quran, if you have doubts or questions, you ask the people of the book. And of course, the Meaning book the is talking about the Bible. Okay. So, um, now they'll resist that often. Well, the Bible's, you know, been corrupted, they will try to say. But just say, well, is there anything of value there? Have you ever read? 
most Muslims have never read the story of the woman at the well. They've never read the story of Jesus healing uh, Lazarus, uh, uh, raising Lazarus from the dead. These are all brand new. And I found they usually haven't away, even read the Quran. Yeah, many of them have not. But okay. if you could find some kind of way of getting them exposed, I think the yeah. power is going to be in the Word of God. If we can transition them into that, uh, even sometimes saying um, one of my favorite uh, passages to, to start off a conversation with the Muslim, we have a section in the book on this, mm -hmm. is um, Surah 350. Because Surah 350, Jesus is speaking in the Quran, and He says, you must fear Allah and you must obey Me. Well, the issue is a great question to ask would be, uh, where are the commands of Jesus found in the Quran? You will not find one command of Jesus anywhere in the Quran. If you're going to find this, you must go to the Gospels. My friend, have you ever read the Gospels to see the commands of Jesus? Hmm. Uh, what about Matthew's Gospel? Have you ever read that? And again, to get them transitioned into that. Even if they argue that the Gospels have been corrupted, if they make that argument, was there anything of value left there? Let's read them together and see if we can find something of value. Well, I know from talking to Muslims over the years that the one thing that will always impress them if you can get them into the Gospels is the love of God, because they just don't know anything. Uh, <laughs> the, the Quran mentions many attributes of God, but never love. It's just never been. You might hope that Allah is merciful, yeah. you know, uh, uh, He, uh, but there's, a, that's why there's aloof. no assurance of salvation yeah. either. Yeah. He's aloof. He's distant. He's just not the God of the Bible. I guarantee you that. It's just not that. And they look at Christianity actually as a polytheism, right? Like, because we believe in a Trinity? Misunderstanding the doctrine of the Trinity and again, okay. asking the right questions and having the conversation to help them Well, what them I want to that. do is uh, we're going to take a little break and then when we come back I want us to talk about Chislam, about putting Islam and Christianity together, okay? And also about this, a little bit more about uh, the God of Islam. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with James Walker, the president of Watchman Fellowship, a discernment and apologetics ministry located in Arlington, Texas. James has a new book out titled, What the Quran Really Teaches About Jesus. So let's get back to the question Dr. Reagan posed. Can you tell us what is Chrislam and what's your opinion of it? Well, it's a pretty broad category actually. Right. Chrislam, uh, of course, is taking two things, Christianity, Islam, you try to put them together and make one new animal out of it, one new religion. Is that possible? Which is both Christianity and Islam. I, I think it disrespects both religions. Okay. Uh, the, you know, when you understand the theology, uh, you know, no Muslim can say Jesus is the Son of God. Uh, and, and no Christian can say Jesus is not the Son of God. To try to take those ideas just because both religions um, would, would uh, look to the roots as being Abraham, they're Abrahamic religions, and both are monotheistic religions. We cannot assume it's, we're talking about the same God here. And uh, there is attempts now, th there have been some official religions, even af I think two religions out of Africa that are actually called Chrislam. But, but typically today the Chrislam moniker is used to talk about uh, more liberal Christians no. who will try to uh, get together and merge these two ideas. And, and what, I, what I would say is I, I, li I like dialogue with religion. I want to I want to dialogue with Muslims. I want to talk about yeah. There are things that we have in common, but the differences outweigh all commonality. And so, w what we want to do is build a bridge. And if all you do is talk about the things that we have in common, you've, n you've not built the bridge. You've just built a monument. 
mm-hmm. to cross over that we have to talk about those things that separate us. And to, for, to say that both religions teach the same thing, I think disrespects both religions. You know, all across America today, we've got uh, Christian pastors inviting Muslim imams to come and share with their congregations. Has it ever occurred to them that it's kind of strange that they're never invited to go to a mosque and share? Yeah, you'll rarely see that uh, that being on the other foot, would you? Very rare. Very, very rare. You know, one time I was sitting in the garden tomb in uh, Israel by myself. Is that I had a group over there, but this was a day off, and I just went over there to meditate. And this man came and sat down next to me, and he started asking me questions. Do you believe in God and so forth? And I looked over, and he had a piece of paper on his knee that was all written in Arabic. And I realized this was an Arabic Muslim, a Muslim who was out there sharing his faith. And I turned to him and I said, do you understand that this is a Christian site here and and, and you're here sharing your faith? Yes, I understand that. I said, well, why why would you do that? He said, because this belongs to us. The whole Holy Land belongs to us. And he said, I can share my faith anywhere I want to. I said, well, what if I went over to the Al-Ashka Mosque on the Temple Mount and walked in and got down by somebody who was there on a mat and began to share the Christian faith? What would you do? He said, I'd kill you. Mm. He said that. I was honest. Oh, yes. And I immediately got up and went to the bookstore to tell them that this guy was there. By the time they came out, he was gone. But that's the attitude. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you... I can share mine, but you can't share yours. Yes, uh, I've had similar discussions as well. You're free in Islam to convert as long as you're converting to Islam. Mm-hmm. But any of the virtually any of the countries that are under Sharia law, it's going to be illegal. You'll either be fined or jailed or or punished worse if you convert from if you convert from Islam to any other religion, including Christianity. It's a death sentence, right? Yes. To to leave and Islam. In some of the countries, yes. And isn't it a requirement even of a parent to kill their child if they leave Islam? Well, you do have the honor killings. Now, now some okay. of the more liberal Muslims in America will say, well, that's a misunderstanding of the Quran. Okay. You know, so I'm not here to tell you what the Quran truly teaches. I don't think it teaches anything truly. So, uh, but, but that's their interpretation okay. of it. And one of the things we find in America, most Muslims are not here in America are not going to interpret the sword verses that were to kill all the infidels all the time. And if that's their if that's their understanding, I don't think it's our best strategy to talk them out of that. No, 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 really. It says right here in your own Quran that you're supposed to kill the infidel. That's me. And they're shocked usually uh, when you read the Exactly. Too. So yeah. I, I would say instead of me saying, I'm going to tell you what the Quran really means, I'm not going okay. to do that. It is what it is. And most, most American <coughs> Muslims are not going to be at all terrorists. I, I would hate for... When you read my book, I'm going to try to encourage you to build relationships, a gospel conversations with Let's Muslims. talk about that for a moment, because the last part of your book is very, very interesting. First of all, you have the transcript of a debate that you had with a Muslim. Khalil and Meek. you have interviews mm-hmm. with uh, three different Muslims who have become Christians. Yes. And these are absolutely fascinating. Tell us, uh, why did you do that and what, what, what's the deal with it? Well, the, the, my book is what the Quran really teaches about Jesus. And I want to take this and make it practical at the end. So, okay, uh, as, a, as a Muslim who's now made that transition to Christianity, you've made the journey from Islam to Christianity, it, what role did it have of understanding who Jesus really okay. is? What did you believe, who did you believe Jesus was as a Muslim? Who do you believe Jesus is now as you're, as you're a Christian? So I interviewed three different Muslims, a Shia Muslim who's come to Christ, Elijah Abraham, uh, um, Zia Hassan who was a Sunni Muslim, and a woman, Zamara, 
who um, was a student here in the, in the United States, had some Christian friends on campus and a compelling story about how they began to befriend her and introduce her to the New Testament and get into her to a Bible study. And uh, in fact, with, with Zamara, it was so recent, she said, uh, she said, Brother James, I, I must know, I want to share what Jesus means to me now, but I need to know when the book's coming out. Oh, wow. Why? My parents don't know yet. They cannot find out. And, and so she said, that will give me my deadline. Let me know when the book comes out. I will know then. And what she did is she got the story right as we were going to press with the book. And so the epilogue of the, of the book at the back is her story of where she is now with her parents and what God's done in her life. It's amazing. Well, as I told you, I was so impressed with uh, one of the interviews that you had there that I actually read it to my staff one morning because yes. it was uh, about a fellow who uh, came to the Lord at a Baptist church but he still had the Muslim mentality of what must I do to earn my salvation. Yes. And so he started doing all kinds of works for the church because he wanted to, 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 to justify himself before God. He did not understand grace uh, through faith. It's difficult to understand grace. Yeah. It, it, it is it's counterintuitive. You know, you have to do something to earn it or deserve it. Uh, and well, the pride of man most Exactly, of exactly. You but know, that's uh, Elijah too. Abraham. And, and yeah. you know, he was a Shia Muslim in uh, Iraq, which is, that makes him a minority. So he's in the minority there. Oh, yeah. And it's a fascinating story of how he came to Christ. And uh, yeah, he had to become a nominal Christian and then realized that even though he was attending a Christian church, he really wasn't a Christian. He said, after, you know, a, a year or two, I realized I was a Muslim Baptist, <laughs> still trying to earn my salvation. Yes. I love the way Robert Jeffers at First Baptist always put, he said, every religion in the world can be spelled with one word, D-O, do, except Christianity. And it's spelled D-O-N-E, done. Yes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. people don't understand that. When we say Jesus is the Savior, um, sometimes it, it, just, it, it doesn't connect. We don't connect the dots. That means He does the work. You know, it's not James Walker's not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. Well, you know, uh, when, uh, when Nathan put together this uh, video about the, the fate of Islam, uh, first of all, it was a speech he gave at one of our regional conferences, and we had such a tremendous response to it. I said, let's put it together in a video. And the thing I like about it most is right at the end, he tells about how to witness to Muslims in a loving way and actually has testimonies there of many Muslims who have come to the Lord and what it was that brought them to the Lord. And usually it was something about love that they read about in the Gospels. I'm glad you did that, Nathan. Let me tell you, what, and I th you've probably discovered the same thing. You, you, you look at the growth of Islam, 160% growth in a 10-year period I in know, the United States. Amazing. And you, you wonder, why are so many Muslims coming to America? And, and every place we turn, and have, have you ever thought that maybe this is our chance to share the gospel? Amen. If Absolutely. we're prepared, if it's illegal in their country, hey, we don't have to get a passport, no airplane trip required. They're our next door neighbor now. Uh -huh. What a wonderful, if we're prepared, what a wonderful opportunity. Thanks for helping us be prepared. Well, I think we've mentioned three of the ways to witness to a Muslim. One is that the God loves you. They never hear that from Allah. The life of Jesus Christ that He sacrificed Himself for us. They never saw that with Muhammad. Uh, they see many different ways that, that we could reach people, but primarily is the love. And I love the, the grace part because when you talk to a Muslim, they seem so burdened by the works they have to do. There's no assurance of salvation. You know, even after the afterlife, they might still go to hell. But when you tell them that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins, 
that He loves them, and that by grace they are saved. It's like you see a weight lifted off their backs, and they come to Jesus Christ. One of the techniques I talk about in the book, again, I'm, I'm all about asking questions. Just yeah. uh, I don't make statements so much. I start with the question. Uh, my friend, have I ever told you about how I became a Christian? Oh, now, for a, a lot of Muslims, that they, well, well, you were born in America, of course. Said, no, 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 <laughs> to be born in America makes yeah. you an American. The Middle Eastern mentality, exactly. you, or whatever you're born. Right. Mm -hmm. I said, well, to be born in America makes you an American. To be, become a Christian, you have to be born a second time. Uh -huh. And it's almost like, you know, John chapter 3, what do you mean be born yeah, again? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just that you open yeah. the door. About, this good. was my life, and this is how I realized that I could never, even on my best day, be good enough. I needed help. I needed a Savior. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jesus became to me. And it's just a way, it's, when I first started this years ago, uh, trying to reach out to Muslims, I thought, oh, they're going to be so resistant. They're going, oh, I'm Muslim. I don't want to talk about this. I'm Muslim. I'm not interested. I found the opposite. Mm. They're searching. I'm they're Muslim. Searching. I'm very interested. And they do, uh, by and large, really want to talk about that. They, they're curious about what we believe. What do you think about when you hear in these closed Islamic countries about Jesus Christ coming to Muslims and dreams and visions and them coming to the Lord? Is there any truth or substantiation to that? You know, I, I, I kind of typically resist that kind of thing just because yeah. just my it's outside my, my, of our. But I, I, I I'm I'm not going to resist it because if okay. God if God is going to use whatever means possible right. to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, so who am I to say God can't do this? So Hebrews one talks about this is the way in times past God spoke to right. the fathers through various means, and if it's mm -hmm. illegal to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who am I to say God can't do this? But I've heard many, many stories of oh, this. Yeah. Uh, Nabil Qureshi, who uh, recently passed away, dreams was an important part of his transition to Christianity. Hmm. Wow. Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, that was his book. Have they been able okay. to use the Jesus film at all in uh, the Middle East? Yes, it's been translated to hundreds of languages. It's been very, very effective. Again, it gets them into the other part of the story that you don't hear that the Muslim hasn't heard about Christ. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Well, James, I just really appreciate this book. It's, it's just outstanding, and I'm anxious for as many people as possible to read this because it will really open their eyes to what the Quran has to say and how they can approach a Muslim in a loving way and talk to them about Jesus. We're going to take a break for just a moment, folks. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our interview with James Walker, the president of Watchman Fellowship in Arlington, Texas. Hey James, I refer people to your site all the time. Can you tell people how can they get in touch with your ministry? Sure, the easiest way is our website at watchman.org. We have tons of good information there. Boy, you sure do. And folks, it's not only just about Islam, it's about all the types of cults and Christianity as well as uh, alternative religions. And you can find all kinds of information there, and I highly recommend that site. Well, thank you, James, for being with us today. You've Thanks, been a real David. blessing, and I pray the Lord will continue to bless you, your family, and your ministry. And folks, in just a moment, our announcer will tell you how you can get a copy of James' great new book about the false Jesus of Islam. I hope our program has been a blessing to you, and I hope, the Lord willing, you'll be back with us again next week. Till then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministry, saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. If you would like to get a copy of James Walker's outstanding book, What the Quran Really Teaches About Jesus, we can supply you with one for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. 
this book clearly answers the question, is Jesus a prophet of Allah or the savior of the world? And it does so using scripture from both the Quran and the Bible. It is written in an easy to understand, non-theological language, and it presents everything the Quran has to say about the false Jesus that is contained in the Islamic scriptures. The last section of the book contains some very inspirational testimonies from former Muslims who discovered the true Jesus of the Bible and accepted him as their Lord and Savior. In the process, the author provides tips for sharing the true Jesus with Muslims. And when you place your order, we will send you a free copy of Nathan Jones's outstanding video presentation titled, The Fate of Islam. The video runs one hour in length and presents a comprehensive overview of Islam and its ultimate fate according to Bible prophecy. You can place your order through our website at lamblion.com or call the number you see on the screen. Either way, ask for offer number 869. If you call, please do so Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.